श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाए गौर भक्त वृंद की जाए गौर प्रेम आनंदे हरि बोल मॉर्निंग गुड टू बी विद यू ऑल वी आर डिस्कसिंग फ्रॉम ब्रह्मवी मोहन लीला एंड वी हर्ड हाउ कृष्णस risen early in the morning and changed his schedule and with the decision to take lunch or breakfast or brunch in between lunch and breakfast uh, as a picnic in the forest and rather than rise as usual to the sound of the bugling of the buffalo horn of balaram he himself has come to the courtyard and heralded all the cowherds who have assembled and departed along with the calves into the forest with their lunch bags and so on and Sugadev Goswami goes on to give a beautiful uh, description maybe seven verses uh, d- 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 describing the uh, the type of activities that they would uh, perform in the forest this is what prabhupad referred to in his famous poem when he says kotobani chutti chutti bani khai lutoputi se din kobe hobe mor when or oh when uh, can will i uh, be able to attain such frolicking in the forest rolling tumbling on the ground in the pastures and so forth with the calves tomara milane bhai abar she shuko bhai gocharane gridhin bhor bane khailu to puti koto bane chutari chuta chuti se din kabe hobe mor and those activities then rolling on the ground imitating the different animals and birds playing hide and seek from one another stealing from one another's their lunch bags and throwing them in a distant place hiding them under trees with thorns where there are red ants and <laughs> and then uh, watching their friend become distressed It sounds terrible <laughs> very human like <laughs> nothing missing there <laughs> and then finally showing them the lunch and so forth and <clears throat> singing dancing others thinking singing and dancing is not appropriate would imitate the monkeys and climb in the trees and so on and so forth and and if krishna would wander a little ways they would chase after him and compete who would touch him first and so on and so forth and very characteristic of this leela is the idea that they could not bear to lose sight of him hmm? um for a moment and sugadev marvels at this description uh of of the these leelas the intimacy hmm? um between uh, krishna and his cowherd friends and he and he concludes that um glorification that bishmai that 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 wonder 
that amazement with this uh, with this point to some extent the, uh, the this this characteristic of they're not wanting to or allowing Krishna to stray from the from their uh, from their glance. Hmm? If he should go behind a tree or something, it would be a great disaster. You could not see him for a moment. Uh, and the idea, of course, is that they're seeing him at all times, both directly and indirectly. We'll, we'll discuss that a little bit when we come to his um, second of two verses in which he reflects back, as I say, on this uh, description uh, that he's uh, envisioning, you can imagine, in his uh, explanation to, to the Raj, Maharaj Brikshit. Mm. Um, and he says what? After this, I won't go through all the verses. Um, we just described in brief the nature of those types of sportive activities. Uh, we were... Anyway, yeah. So uh, he says what? He reflects back on them with amazement. This is in the, in the, in the, in the Rasa of Mishmai, of wonder. Hmm? Um, he says, it's in the famous verse, Itam satam brahmasukhanu bhutya dasyam gatanam paradaivatena mayasritanam naradarakena sakam bijharu kritapunna punja. So, uh, I mean, they are very um, human-like activities and he is very amazed at them. This is this verse is uh, is cited in, in in many places by our Goswamis. Um, I will read Prabhupada's translation. He says in this way: All the cowboy boys used to play with Krishna, who is the source of the Brahman effulgence for Ganis desiring to merge into that effulgence. Who is the Supreme Personality of God for devotees who have accepted eternal servitorship? And who for ordinary persons is but an ordinary child? The coward boys, having accumulated results of pious activities for many lives, were able to associate in this way with the Personality of God. How can one explain their great fortune? So it's a verse that in many ways characterizes this... Uh, um, Sakirasa, mm. uh, or it, I don't say, want to say characterizes, but speaks, um, glorifies it mm. um, in, by way of comparisons. And it's something that Prabhupada quote, cited uh, very often. Uh, Ramananda Roy invoked this verse in his discussion with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in their conversation when he um, suggested that the, the goal of life is to attain Sakyapreyam. Hmm? He was going through the different stages and so forth, that this is this ideal is the highest idea, this idea is the highest. The Mahaprabhu asked him to go on, say more, say more. Of course, that culminated in, in uh, love of Radha and Krishna. And if we study that conversation very carefully, of course, we see that it culminates in Manjari Bhava. Hmm? This is the secret, uh, the, we went to a point where 
Chaitanya Mahaprabhu kept asking Roy Ramana to speak more, speak more, speak more. And of course, he cited from the sacred texts. Uh, different ideas as to what the goal of life was. When he got into to pray, he went from Dasya to Saki, Vatsalya, Madhurya. Mahaprabhu wanted him to say more. He began to glorify Krishna. He began to glorify Radha and so forth. Mahaprabhu kept asking him to say more. And uh, finally he said, I don't know. Uh, I, I can say something, but I can't necessarily support it. I, 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 he went off the chart, so to speak. He, he went off the map. The sacred text kind of being the map that we try to locate our conceptions on that they might have validity. But really, in, in one sense, the whole of Vrindavan is, is kind of off the map. Um, the, the gopis love in particular. And uh, this is a point that Uddhava made when, when he came there to school the, the gopis to bring them a message. Um, I think I might have mentioned it the other day that he ended up finding out that he had a message to, to be... Krishna was secretly trying to teach him something and he would be then a voice for that the world over. Um, learned in all the Shastra as he was, the advisor of Krishna in Dwarka, he was an ideal person to make a statement as to the, the, the extraordinary nature of the gopis' love for Krishna that would be listened to if such a wise person were to say so. Um, uh, and it would, might be hard to detect otherwise Hmm? Um, after all, they weren't great devotees. Cite the Vedas; they know the Shastras and um, and so on and so forth. The Gopis didn't have a guru. They didn't cite the Shastras. They, were, they carried milk on their heads and just engaged in ordinary uh, village activities as if they were ignorant. Hmm? Um, so. For a person, this is why Krishna sent. For one of the, one of the reasons why Krishna sent Uddhava there, and for him to have, he was wise enough to uh, to understand what he was seeing was something very extraordinary. And, he, and of course, he spoke about it beautifully. He more or less said, "This is off off the map here hmm? um, of the sacred text. It's 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 beyond that." Of course, Bhagavatam is. Itself beyond. Nirgrantha apiyurukrame. Why did Sugadev study a book when he was nirgrantha, when he was off beyond the book? Because of the nature of the book. The Bhagavatam. Very extraordinary. So, so at any rate, Sugadev, in, in, in amazement of speaking, this is a verse, as I say, that Ramananda Roy cited. He, he went on to speak. What, I was saying about uh, he cited his poem hmm, that uh, was very difficult to, to understand, but then he explains it also hmm, uh, to some extent. And if we study it carefully, we can see, as I mentioned, that this discussion between Roy Ramananda and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as to what the goal of life is and how to and the means to attain it culminates in the handmaidens of Radha's love for Krishna. It's very specific there. Um, so this is the acme, the zenith of what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give, distribute, and to taste himself. In the context of that, hmm, we're speaking about this Sambandhanuga Bhakti that these chapters deal with, and this Sakya Prem. And it is in commenting uh, notably on these two verses here 
that Sugadeva is reflecting back on the characteristic activities of the cowherds in their intimacy with Krishna. That Sanatana Goswami says, pretty much they're like the gopis. It's pretty close. But, and in that with regard to the fact that certain aspects of, uh, of Sakiras exceed in excellence and in intimacy um, that of Vatsali Rasa as well. So, this is a high thing. Um, and it, uh, it has its place, uh, some place for that in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. We, we, we find. So, um, we, with amazement, he speaks, Sukadeva Goswami. Uh, again, a famous verse, it's spoken by Ramananda Roy, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when in, later in Antilila also cites this verse, when he uh, glorifies his devotees in the setting in Puri, where Balaba was kind of like a duck amongst swans and couldn't quite fit in to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, entourage. Um, <laughs> um, and he had some... He, 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 there in the text he is depicted as being somewhat critical of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's associates. He criticized them for um, because the teaching was supposed to have been, he thought, um, well, he, 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 he said they're always, these people think themselves like, uh, many of them like, like wives of Krishna. Hmm? But it's said in, in, in the scripture that the wife should not say the name of the husband, but just re- refer to him as husband. And they're always chanting his name. And so, this is, a, this is problematic, he said, your, your group. <laughs> and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, yeah, that's, that's mentioned in some scriptures, but uh, if the husband tells the wife to chant his name, then, then they have to do that. So this is his reply. So um, there was some back and forth like this. And Mahaprabhu, um, he, he made a, a beautiful... Uh, embarked upon a beautiful glorification of his intimate associates. And from this one I learned this, from, from that one I learned this, from, and from Ramananda Roy I learned all these things. He cites this verse here and other verses. about He, he taught me about rasa. Hmm? I learned from him. Hmm? Uh, and, uh, and so on. He glorifies all of his intimate, intimate associates. Hmm? How he's he, he is what he is, so to speak, because of them. He makes the point. So, as is another place in Chaitanya Charitamrita, we find um, this verse. Um, Sri Rupa Goswami also cites the verse. Um, he cites it um, in, in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. And there he cites it as an example of one of the four qualities that Krishna has that even Narayan does not possess. Those four qualities are Venu Madhurya, Rupa Madhurya, Venu Madhurya, Prema Madhurya, Lila Madhurya. Hmm? 
He has sweet form, sweet flute, sweet leelas, and he's surrounded by devotees with very sweet type of prem. Hmm? There's also prem in Vaikuntha of Narayan, but it's not like this, hmm? sweet, intimate. Hmm? Madhurya means, in the general sense, that all of the braj is madhurya, sweet, rather than an intimate, is another way of defining the word or translating the word, rather than uh, aishvarya, hmm? or godly and majestic, and so forth. So, so this is one, he cites one, a verse, verse, a couple other verses. This is one of them to describe prema madhurya. Hmm? This characterizes Krishna. This is, of course, why um, we, one of the reasons we know that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna. Hmm? Because Krishna is surrounded by Prema Madhurya, Narayan is not surrounded by Prema Madhurya. And this is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, of course, wants to taste. What Krishna wants to taste, excuse me, Krishna wants to taste. Only Krishna would want to taste that. So the fact that if he's going to taste that, it has to be Krishna himself. It can't be an avatar of of Krishna, because no avatar of Krishna has the experience of that. Hmm? Even Narayan, the source of the different avatars and so forth. Hmm? So, uh, so if Krishna is going to taste that and appear in a form, that has to be himself, not an avatar of himself, but himself, because it's it's relative to, uh, exclusive to him, this Prema Madhurya. So this is a form of that Prema Madhurya. Hmm? That sweet kind of love, it's of course in a in very much in a supporting role to the romantic uh, life of, of Radha and Krishna. Mm-hmm. And what does it say? Itam satam brahma sukham sukhanubhutyam. Mm-hmm. In one sense, Ajiva Goswami has commented on this verse also. He sees this verse um, speaking about. Itam satam brahma sukhanubhutya. About the, the, I want to say, the, 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 the disposition of Krishna, the temperament of, the temperament of God. Hmm? Um, what, what is the temperament? First, it, 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 itam satam brahma sukhanubhutya. He's speaking about Brahman. This is an aspect of the Godhead, Brahmeti, Paramatmeti, Bhagavaniti, Sabdite. Here we we find this is coming again here hmm, in this verse as well. Hmm? His temperament, his power, and his sweetness. His temperament is Brahmasukam. Hmm? It's happy. Hmm? It's blissful. Hmm? Satam here speaks about saintly persons. Satam means truthful, so honest people. Honest people who have given up the criminal activity hmm, of uh, a life of exploitation. It means who have gone beyond karma. They are honest people. Hmm? As long as within, we're within karma, then there's some lack of honesty within us because we, we're, we owe because we've, we've taken. Hmm? 
So when we stop stealing, stop taking, <laughs> stop exploiting, then, then we, uh, we become honest, satam, truthful. It's also a word for devotees. Here is speaking about a certain type of devotee, a, a jnani type of devotee, hmm? this type of devotee. Hmm? And what do they experience? Brahma Sukham, the bliss of Brahman, that is Anubhutya. Anubhuti means self-manifest, just like the self itself, the Atma, it is self-manifest. Nothing from this objective world can shed light on it. Hmm? As I said earlier, if you want to understand the self, you have to move away from the objective way of knowing, understanding, validating, and, 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 and casting yourself in that light. Hmm? This is a huge challenge. The whole of the world, the truth of the world, has to dissolve. So, <laughs> so we're finding out what's true and what's not true. We have to consider this. Hmm? Shankar said it in a radical way, and we don't quite take it in his radical way, but there's some truth to it. Jagan mitya. The world is false. It's, we say it's, it, it exists, but it's full of falsity. Hmm? It's a whole, it's a false perception. Hmm? What is the, what is the, what kind of truth, what kind of, Clary, what kind of uh, 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 accurate, how accurate an understanding can we arrive at when our very perception is based on a false sense of identity, the hunkar, hmm? a made-up eye. We have an eye that's not made, hmm? and then there's one that is made, the created eye. Hmm? Well, if it's born, then it will die, something like that. Hmm? So... It's is here today and gone tomorrow as everything else in the world. So we have to shift away from that entirely. Hmm? And and be you have to be what you are in reality to know yourself. It's quite a, uh, a challenge. Hmm? So in comparison to the objective world, he's saying the I here speaking about Brahman, of course, we're uh, the fuller sense of the, the source of consciousness undifferentiated consciousness, Brahman. It is self-manifest. Nothing can shed a light on it. Hmm? It is self-revealing. Hmm? And satam here also means sat. So sat means existence. Hmm? Again, existence is something, uh, if it exists, it will always exist. If it doesn't exist, it will never exist. If it doesn't exist, it will never exist because Existence cannot come out of non-existence. Fair enough, right? That's hard to get around. Existence cannot come out of non-existence. So if it doesn't come out of non-existence, then, and it's self-existing, then it means it's always existing. It's always existing. And we have no experience ourselves of not existing. We are told we didn't exist at one point. We are told we won't exist at some point, but that's not our experience. Hmm? So we should live with our, go with our experience. This is the ultimate pramana. Hmm? We say that the Shastra is the ultimate pramana, but 
but we take it actually a step further. Experience is the ultimate evidence. Uh, Shastra's like, you know, giving the map, something like that. And we, we, we may be convinced on the basis of Shastra, but by experience, that will, <laughs> that will hold us in, in our uh, particular position hmm? in bhakti. Hmm? So, sat, sat means existence, sat means, so this is the primary characteristic of Brahman and is blissful. Hmm? To exist without fear of ending, of not existing, means you don't have to look over your shoulder. I mean, there's no fear. Material existence is pervaded by fear and anxiety, nervousness, some discomfort, and so forth. So to, you can imagine if you could just you know, be the life of the party, so to speak, just be at ease with everybody. And so, so it's a chore to go. To, we want social life, but then to go to the event may be difficult for some of us. Uh, how to relate, what to say, what not to say, where to sit, what not to sit. What we're not to sit, and so on and so forth. It's uh, it's a big um, it's a big deal. So to end all of that, hmm, in one sense, this is really the struggle for existence. That is blissful. So Jiva Goswami says it is. It, it, so the the all existing nature of the absolute hmm, is uh, speaks of its temperament. It's it's completely well relaxed and at ease, comfortable. Hmm? And this is the kind of the beginning of happiness, of real happiness, of joy, of ananda. This is the baseline of joy. Hmm? And from there we, of course, to grow that joy, to cultivate that joy, we move from, from Brahman. He says, though they're, uh, these coward boys, they're playing with he who others learned people, and these are just village children, uh, other people who are very learned, jnanis, they understand as Brahman, as the very basis of, of, of Ananda, and become acquainted thereby, um, by their identification with Brahman, with the, with the overriding temperament of the Absolute. His temperament is joyful. Hmm? Joyful, blissful. Dasyam gatanam paradaivatena. So from Brahman to Paramatma. Paradaivatena, the supreme controller, hmm? the omniscient, all knowing Paramatma, Vishnu. Hmm? Um, they, the, the, those who, there, are, there are those others, hmm? there are the jnanis, and in Shantarasa, hmm? they know him in a particular way, hmm? and they become acquainted with his, his, his temperament, and then there are others, in Dasya Bhakti, and they become acquainted as well with his power, his omniscience, hmm? and they're awed by that. So it's speaking here of, of, of reverential love, of of the Paramatma, and of course that uh, includes here uh, the idea of Bhagawan and Aishwarya, Narayan, hmm? who the source of the Paramatma and so forth manifests for the worlds as he is, and the Shristi Lila, 
Hmm. So they become acquainted with the power, hmm? and this is by their respective paths, by the path of Gyan, hmm? by the path of here he, he, he uh, Jiva Goswami refers to the path of um, Vaidhi Bhakti. Hmm? Um, this may also, this idea also refer to the, the yoga ideal, but he'll speak about that in the next verse. Hmm? And what? Mayashritanam, Naradharakena. And then other people see him, the same person that these cowards are associating with, they see him as an, as an ordinary person. Mayashritanam. Or it can, uh, someone who's just uh, uh, like themselves, just an, an ordinary boy. Hmm? They don't uh, pay much attention. Or it may also mean that these cowherds, they see him in a different way. They see him as if ordinary by the influence of yoga maya. Maya shritana. Maya may mean... They, 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 ordinary people don't understand him. Hmm? Um, yogis understand... I mean, ganis understand something about his temperament. Great devotees understand hmm, about his uh, majesty. So ordinary people, they can understand. They have to have an extraordinary way. Hmm. Uh, all of these are a real change of course in life, actual experiential spirituality, paths that afford us that. This is, this is a, going in a different course altogether. Hmm. Um, uh, by such, then his extraordinary nature can be understood. Hmm? Remaining under the influence of his, of his Mahamaya, Vishnu Maya, and it's not possible. Hmm? And again, the other way to understand, here, Maya means Yoga Maya. So these cowherds, under the influence of Yoga Maya, they think he who is the Paradaibhatena hmm? and the Supreme Controller and Brahman, hmm? the Great, hmm? is... Uh, their friend, hmm? Hmm? like their neighbor. <laughs> we got a friend, the next door friend, something like that. Mayashritanam naradharakena sakam bijhaku kritapunya punja. He says, Sugadev, the last line is very important. This is very extraordinary. What must what must be their background to arrive have arrived at this position that they're in to be playing with Brahman hmm? to be playing with this with the with the supreme omniscient um, controller hmm? who's just the idea of which invokes majesty and, and and reverence and so forth and how intimately they're playing with him. Hmm? Um, again, as completely equal, as if he's just one of us. Hmm? We like him the most, but he's just one of us, <laughs> nonetheless. Hmm? And so, hmm, how is it that they've arrived at this? Krita punya 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 means punya means piety. So he says they must have acquired lots of 
of, of piety to arrive here in this position. Of course, we know from uh, Chaitanya Sampradaya that it's not by material piety that you can attain bhakti. Hmm? That's not possible. And what kind of bhakti is this here? As we know, this is, this is rag bhakti, samananuga bhakti, form of raganuga bhakti. And how will we attain raganuga bhakti? Only by the mercy of devotees in the rag line. Hmm? It's the only way we can attain that. Hmm? I said before, we were talking about this the other day, that, well, someone, uh, 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 Karnam gave me a paper that somebody had written in which, um, it was a different paper than I thought it was, I, I looked it over. Um, and um, the, the gist of the paper, there's a number of points raised, but one of, one of them is that, that Prabhupada um, t- taught that Vaidhi Bhakti, which is characteristically love in majesty, or the pursuit of love in majesty, will lead progressively to um, Raganuga Bhakti. And of course he makes the point in his article that that isn't true. Only by the mercy of Rag Marg devotees can you tread the Rag Marg, not by engaging in Vaidhi Bhakti for attaining by Kuntha, will at some point it turn into uh, Raganuga Bhakti. Hmm? So he, he makes this point and he cites some things that, that, that Prabhupada says that could be interpreted like that. Hmm? And uh, then he makes the point that the qualification for treading the Marg of uh, the Rag Marg is Lobha. It could be, Jiva Goswami used the term ruchi, hmm? thirst, uh, hankering, uh, greed for that. Um, for what? For the, for, the kind of, for, for the kind of love that we uh, see in uh, between this Prima Madhurya, hmm? love between Krishna and the, and the, and the Brajabhasis, this kind of love, either Sambandhanuga or Raghunuga or, or Kamanuga. Um, so he says, this is the only way that you can get that. Hmm? And then he goes on to say that, and really only Kamanuga is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was giving, not, not Sambandhanuga, which is what we're happy to be talking about today. He makes this point. Um, and uh, and, he, and, he, and he, uh, explains the meaning of this thirst or Lobo, this greed for this uh, kind of love, um, a very uh, just a little bit for that. He wants to say, just if you have just a little attraction for that, then you're qualified to take to the rag marg, and and the rag marg begins from the beginning, from faith. Hmm? You don't have to be pure in heart to take to the rag marg. It's not a certain level of purity that you have to arrive at before you can take to the rag mark. As soon as you have that attraction, hmm, then you can, you can tread the rag mark. These are basically the points that he makes. Hmm? And, um, and he cites something that I wrote about 20 years ago hmm, in, a, in a little booklet about Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsati Thakur's um, approach to the rag mark. And he points out that, that a 
that a point that I made was based on an incorrect translation of Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's comment on one verse in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Hmm? And he was correct, correct about that, but, but, my, but my, the point that I make in the article is, uh, in, the, in citing that, hmm, is not pointed out, and so it's, it's out of context. The point that I make in the article, the, um, the translation I had said that, that Vishwana says that one has to attain nishta in order to tread the path of Ragmarg. But I cited it by way of explaining that, but, but he clearly says in Ragmarg, uh, Ragvart Machandrika that one doesn't have to attain nishta to, or any level of purity in order to take up uh, Raganuga Bhakti. One only needs to have that, that taste, that attraction. Hmm? So I said, there appears to be a contradiction between the two statements of Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. Hmm. There really wasn't a contradiction, but at any rate, my point was that that you don't have to have a certain level of qualification of purity to take up rag bhakti, but how you will take up rag bhakti will depend upon how much of a taste how you, you actually have, how much of an attraction you actually have will determine to what extent you can incorporate all of the practices of rag marg into your 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 practice. This was my point. And I explained that what Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsati Thakur and our Prabhupada were teaching with regard to Rag Marg and emphasizing was the idea, or is the idea of Ajat, and I've used this term many times, Ajata Ruchi Raganuga Bhakti. You can say Ajata Loba Raganuga Bhakti. It's the same meaning. Hmm? And not Ajata Rati, that's another idea. That's also there, without, without Bhav. Hmm? It'll be it'll be cultivated and pursued in bhav and for, and and in, in sadhana, but without ruchi, th- throughout his whole explanation of rag bhakti, in bhakti rasa in bhakti sandarbha, Shijiba more or less uses the term ruchi in place of loba. Same idea, same concept. Hmm? So, if you don't have a taste for that, how can you follow it? Well, the idea is if, if you don't really have a taste for it, and really your bhakti is actually motivated by other things, hmm? like you come to Margal Arctic because you think, well, if I, if I come, don't come. Like say, if I go to Audari and Guru Maharaj is coming to Mongol Arctic and I don't come and I'm here, then, then what? I better go. So that's not rag bhakti. <laughs> hmm? uh, but... But the fact that you want to you want to follow Guru Maharaj, that could be rag bhakti. Hmm? If Guru Maharaj is a rag bhakta, you understand? Hmm? So there's this kind of uh, in between space here. I want to follow rag bhakti because I'm following someone who has that ideal, and I'm attracted to that person. And as a byproduct of being attracted to that person, I have some interest in that ideal that will come through to me. Hmm? But I don't have a very. It's not really the driving force in my bhakti, that has to be cultivated. Still, I cannot be called a, a vaidhi bhakta who wants to go to Vaikuntha because I don't want to go to Vaikuntha. Hmm? So I'm a rag bhakta, uh, but, I, but, but I'm lacking hmm? in some respects. And so I will practice vaidhi bhakti hmm? with that ideal in mind. And as 
taste for that develops further, I can incorporate further the practices of rag bhakti that I might not be qualified to do in my stage of sadhana now. In later stages of sadhana, hmm, where meditation is more appropriate, then I will be able to engage in those uh, type of activities. In ruchi, nishta ruchi, asakti, these are high stages of sadhana bhakti. Hmm? So, and, and this idea of ajata ruchi raganuga bhakti is also called vadi bhakti by many acharyas. Hmm? He's doing vadi bhakti. So, bhakti vinotaka will use this. Bhakti Siddhanta invoked it, the term I've seen in places in, in Bhagavatam commentary of Vishwanathakar, he has used this term. Anantadas Pandit of Radhakund has used the term Vadi Bhakti to refer to Ajata Ruchi Raghunuga Bhakti. So Prabhupada is not teaching, if you look at his teachings, that you perform reverential love for and try to go to to, to Baikuntha and from there you're gonna go, you know, to get go to the Ragmarg. Hmm? Prabhupada emphasizes that the practices of Ragmarg that are so central to Ragmarg require some qualification. Hmm? You can start to tread the marg without any qualification, but in the context of that, as you become more qualified, hmm, and cleansing of the heart is one of those qualifications because meditation requires a pure heart. Hmm? And rag, central to rag is meditation. And the author of the article also did... Uh, 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 mention the fact that, well, it is true that Jiva Goswami has said a certain degree of purity of heart is required in order to do the meditation on the Siddha Rupa hmm, that is an aspect, an important aspect of Raghunuga Bhakti. Hmm. So, and, and with regard to Sambandhanuga, he had some argument that there was no, no place for that. But actually this is how, and Prigupada has authored a a thesis uh, about uh, the guru in in uh, Chaitanya Sampradaya, his PhD thesis, and there he has uh, documented the fact that the Sampradaya of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Bengal began formally um, in the hands of Nityananda's associates. Nityananda Prabhu actually started the Gaudiya Sampradaya very boldly. He said. It's before the Goswamis had written any books, hmm? before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu met with Rupa Goswami. Hmm? And when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was teaching Nityananda Prabhu, worship Krishna, Vajra hmm? Krishna, Kaha Krishna, Laha Krishna Nam. You speak Bengali, right? <laughs> he said, worship Krishna, follow the teachings of Krishna. Hmm? Um, and Nityananda Prabhu said, oh, so much for that. Bajagauranga, Kahagauranga, Lahagauranga, Ramore, Yejana Guranga, Bajishamar Pranre. I give myself, hmm, my life, they, they, that my, they, those are my life who do this. They worship Goranga, they sing the name of Goranga, they, they give the teachings of Goranga. Goranga is Krishna. Hmm? It's his uh, time now, something like that. So very boldly, he started, he, I mean, he, this, is a, this is a very bold thing to do. There's no books, there's no scriptural support, there's no um, Sampradaya or anything, and, he, and he, he says, this is my friend, people, we are so close, people see us as brothers, he's Krishna. Hmm? We should worship him, we should chant his name, and so forth. And by the, on the power, the force, by the force of his enthusiasm, it all began, they did it. Hmm? 
Nityananda's associates, the Dwadasugo Pauls, they set up centers, preaching centers, and began initiating, isn't it? Hmm. And, um, and there we find they were um, teaching someone in Uba Bhakti, hmm. in many cases. Hmm. So, it, of course, uh, later also the development formally hmm, um, it crystallized more that with the Goswami's teachings and so on and so forth and coalesced and, uh, and the uh, highest ideal of Mahaprabhu's Bandari Bhavas have become prominent and so, so forth. But there's a place for this because Bande Sri Krishna Chaitanya Nityanando Sohodito Goladai Pushpavanto Chitro Sando Tamonido Nitai Bhai has some, um, his influence cannot be checked. <laughs> and we see in the modern time the Prabhupada was very much influenced by this uh, sentiment, born in the Sakyarasa family, so to speak. Hmm? Prabhupada was. And the, the patron saint of the family was one of the Dwarasa Gopals. What was his name? Udaranadatta um, Thakur. Um, family used to go there and the pilgrimage to his place. The place that was so much favored by Nityananda Prabhu. Hmm? Those um, merchants. Um, uh, Prabhupada would go with his family. They would have festivals there, and so on and so forth. And uh, and so and some Madhuri element coming into his bhakti, in the association of bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, his prayer, of course, we cited it already this morning and earlier in our discussions as well. Tomaramilane by Abar Sheshukopai, Gocharane Gridhinbor, Banekai Lutaputi. Is it? Kotovani chute chute, say din kobe hobe more. So, so much for that. Um, <laughs> we're okay. <laughs> um, we're okay. And, uh, and, and, and again, if we, if we want to take the qualification for Rag Marg to mean simply attraction for that kind of love, even in the smallest way by way of be attracted to someone who who is ardently pursuing that love and has considerable loba, ruchi, taste and so forth, then then we obviously it should be obvious that we would have to say that well well Prabhupada is a Ragmark Bhakta. <laughs> How can you characterize him any other way? Hmm? It would be impossible. If you want to make the qualification for treading the marg, just a little interest in Braj Bhakti, <laughs> then you got to give Prabhupada a very big place in Rag Marg, hmm? isn't it? Hmm? Uh, it was ob- obviously considered this is my home, my poor, my place of worship. Worship in Bengal means worship Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in, in, in Nadia and live in Vrindavan. This is, that's the whole teaching. Hmm? And um, He's the he's the the patron saint of Vrindavan for 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 Vrindavan, <laughs> the livelihood of Vrindavan is even in a material sense, of course, is is so much derived by by the influence of Prabhupada. I mean, Vrindavan has become like a mecca to the point that you don't even want to go there anymore of of civilization and cars and so on and so forth. When I first went to Vrindavan in maybe 1973 or 1974. You couldn't see a car. The only car you saw was Prabhupada's car, which, which he was brought in, and that was it. And, it was, and there he was, you know. 
And we took a train from, from um, Mayapur to Mathura, and then you had to take a tonga, uh, a horse and buggy, to get to Vrindavan. It was very quaint, very beautiful. And now there are high-rise buildings and paved roads and traffic jams and so on and so forth. Um, and, you know, Prabhupada's the cause of that. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, he made it very popular. Hmm? He, he made it uh, uh, as it has very much as had... I mean, there's no one person in the modern age that had more to do with that. Hmm? Popularizing Vrindavan as a worldwide place of pilgrimage and of importance and, and so on and so forth than, than Prabhupada did. Hmm? It's... I mean, they named the road uh, in, in maybe in 1975 when the, with the opening of the Krishna Balaram Temple. When I took sannyas in the Krishna Balaram Temple, they the city of Vrindavan named the road from the Delhi Marg into Vrindavan Bhaktivedanta Marg. There used to be a big sign out there, Bhaktivedanta Marg. And interestingly enough, of course, the road in Mayapur, the main road in Mayapur, there's not too many of them there, the main road down to the, to the Ganges um, is, is what's called Bhaktisiddhanta Mark, somehow they got it. So these, we, are, we are, have good, we come from a good lineage. Uh, you know, the, 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 the family of Bhaktivinotakar has some very extraordinary son and, 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 and grandson in, in the form of Bhaktisiddhanta Sosri Thakur, and uh, I see Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. And uh, it's quite clear, as I say, that if you want to give, if, if you want to give a low-end description of Lobha, which you can, and he has there, or you can take Jiva Goswami's higher-end description of Lobha, that, it, that when it awakens, every, all an artists disappear immediately when it comes in the heart. Um, we, we find both definitions Prabhupada fits very well um, with. Hmm? And so he said in his article also, you can't, you know, just learn uh, Vaidhi Bhakti and, and, and then from a guru and then learn Rag Bhakti from a book. Hmm? You've got to have a Rag Bhakti, you've got to get his mercy to tread the path and so forth. Hmm? So I think it's an oversight on his part, learned fellow and sincere devotee that he is, a member of the Dvaita Paribar with a great deal of Gurunishta. Although his parampara has no succession at the, at the moment, unfortunately. Um, and some kind of a quasi-Ritvik system for carrying on. Um, uh, nonetheless, um, he uh, uh, is, a, is, 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 a, is a venerable soul, I'm sure, but he misses this point. Hmm? And this point is clear as the day um, at at high noon, um, the sun at high noon, or the well anyway. It's it's very clear, it's very bright, it's brilliant that that he himself, the author, has got access to the Ragmarg because of the mercy of Prabhupada and of course his own Guru Dave, who schooled him a little more specifically. Hmm? Um, having a smaller group, that's possible. Hmm? Prabhupada had a very large group. It's not as not possible. Hmm? But in a very large way, with a very broad brush, he spread the glories of Vrindavan Bhakti, Braja Bhakti, and instilled in the hearts of many people the idea, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. Hmm? This is central, this is the tattva for Agmarg. Hmm? You have to have to get this down. Hmm? 
and some attraction for that ideal. As I said the other day, you interview his disciples and you see they have attraction for Vrindavan. They're not thinking about it by Kuntha. Why? Because of him. And so awakening that attraction in common people from foreign countries without even directly sitting down and systematically schooling them about them and inspiring them because of the, on the basis of the knowledge of Rag Bhakti in some detail and so forth. Yeah. Such is his power that he could awaken that in them. And when he speaks of Vaidhi Bhakti as something to engage in and then progressively leading to Rag Bhakti, what he's speaking about is from Ajataruchi Raganuga Bhakti to Rag Bhakti that really is substantially, significantly driven uh, by taste. So that shall come in us in due course of time. So how will we arrive there, relevant to the verse we're discussing? We have to get uh, that kind of association, not by any kind of material piety. Good works won't do. Tatralolium apimolium ekalam. You have to get this taste and uh, attraction, and you have to get it from somebody who has, who's animated by that, whose life is orbiting around that, who's excited about that, attracted to that. Hmm? That company will wear off on us, and so forth. So, he says, Sukadev, they must have acquired heaps and stockpiles of piety. Hmm? Punya. Punya also means, means pleasing. Hmm? They must have done, it means many pleased, many things that were pleasing to Krishna. Hmm? That means bhakti. They must be under the influence of bhakti sanskar over many lifetimes. Rupa Goswami, or Jiva Goswami, when he analyzes Bhagavad Gita, Jiva Goswami's analysis of Bhagavad Gita, where the Gita speaks about four kinds of people that come to bhakti. Hmm? You know the verses? He says, what is it? Who are they? They're Jnani Sukhitin Arjuna. Jnani Jignasu Artati, Jnani Chabratashiva. The Sukritina, four types of Sukritina, pious people. Jiva Goswami says the piety here of these people, there are people that are pious that don't have Sukriti, and there are people that are pious that do have Sukriti for Bhakti. That they have had influence of Bhakti in their lives. Basadusanga. Hmm? And so they're pious, and when opportunity presents itself, they take to bhakti. Hmm? He says, some people who are interested in material acquisition, some people who are interested in be- becoming free from material suffering, some people who are seekers have the sukriti. All the jnanis do, but these are jnani bhaktas, he says. Gani bhaktas, hmm? who 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 have up up to Dwarka Mathura, who have knowledge that Krishna is the supreme personality of God in their bhav, hmm? in their mentality, their devotional mentality, hmm? and and further down, hmm? devotional gyanis. He says this is what the Gita is talking about. These kind of gyanis, they're dear to Krishna. They all definitely have this Sukriti, because they couldn't be like that if they didn't have it. If they didn't have it, they couldn't be like that. They couldn't be Gyanis. Hmm? So he's saying that, uh, appropriately so, 
that only by bhakti can we get bhakti. If we have bhakti sukriti, hmm? bhakti sangskar, and, and that doesn't, what does that mean also? We have this idea that, oh, there's agata sukriti. Without knowing it, you may be influenced by bhakti. Hmm? And we think, well, if I eat a pakura and pass air and, and somebody smells it, then they're going to become a devotee too. And so I'm a living, wa- walking distributor of Krishna bhakti and uh, uh, and so I, I'm honorable <laughs> and so forth. It doesn't quite work like that. <laughs> no. There are, Bhaktivedanta gives a nice explanation. There are those, those actual devotional acts. They have power, as Jiva Goswami has explained, if we knowingly or unknowingly participate in them. Sravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, Padasevanam, Achanam, Bandanam, Dasyam, Sakyam, Atmani, Vedanam, all these things. Knowingly or unknowingly, if we engage in kirtan, we don't know what it is, still there will be benefit. Hmm? If you see the deity in the temple, you don't know, and you think, I don't know what this is. But still, you come before the deity. The deity has seen you, so forth. These things have inherent power, like fire has power to burn. Hmm? Whether you think it does or not, you touch it, you'll be burned. So they have this, this is kind of power. It's not just anything and everything, and you, and you, and you, you steal his wallet and put a book in his mouth when you pick his pocket and send him off and say, there you go. Uh, you can, so, uh, <laughs> so by, and, and he, he and, 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 and Sukadev says here, they must have done this since the Krita Yuga, Krita Punya Punja. Hmm? Sanatana Goswami says, in, in Brihad Bhagavatamrita, he cites this verse also. Hmm? We're in the end of Brihad Bhagavatamrita, He's glorifying the different types of bhakti, dasya, sakya, vatsalya, madhuri, and beautiful verses from Bhagavatam and so forth. This is the one, one of them that he cites for sakya rasa. Mm-hmm. And he says that krita here may also mean, krita means satya yuga. It means they've been doing this since satya yuga. For a, it means a long time coming to arrive at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has to come out a little bit. Mm-hmm. It may not happen tomorrow. There's something called utsa mai, to be filled with enthusiasm, hmm? artificially thinking, I'm further along than I are. This is a psychological um, state, so to speak, that falls within anarthas. It, it, can, it is very dangerous because it can foster aparad, utsa mai. I've entered in, I've learned a few things, I think I'm more advanced, and then I develop a tendency to, to look at the ladder of bhakti from, from initial shraddha to prema and think, I must be up here. Uh, I don't want to say I'm in bhava, but I'm, I'm certainly in nishta. Uh, what, do you, what do you think? You, know, you make the lowest possible interpretation of what it could mean to be in nishta and anoint yourself as such. Someone who's actually in nishta will take the highest possible explanation of, of, of what it means to be a nishta and think, if only I could, I could attain such steadiness in bhakti. If only I could be so attentive, hmm? so, so absorbed. Hmm? 
this is the tendency of really real advancing devotees. They magnify their own faults. I mean, not to the point of neurosis, and we talked about that. That could be problematic, but they 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 they, they see that the qualifications hmm, in a very kind of conservative way, not in a liberal way, and evaluate their progress accordingly. We may we may evaluate their progress differently. Hmm? This is the natural humility that uh, that is um, so synonymous, really, with with bhakti. So this utsamayi that we should be very careful about that. Hmm? We should have enthusiasm. We should have enthusiasm, knowing krita punya punja. This could take yugas hmm? to arrive at this. Is this is not? I mean, this is making some people know him as Brahman. Some people know him as the personality of Godhead, the controller. And these people, they're playing with him just like a friend in the backyard. What, what is their, it's mind-boggling. What is their position? He says, this may have taken yugas to arrive at this position. Hmm. Yugas. Hmm. Yugas of, of bhakti sanskar. Hmm. So, if we understand, the point here is this. That if we understand what this is, if we hear these things and we think, this is so charming, this idea. Hmm? I want to participate in this. If we, if we, through good association, we hear that we catch that kind of spirit, then, then it's worth waiting for, something like that. We cannot give it up. We, we, it's, it's a very high ideal. Hmm? It's not a lower ideal of, of even a godly ideal. Uh, someone told me that they, they weren't sure they believed in God. Then don't. Hmm? Love Krishna. Hmm? Neither do the cowherds believe in God. I mean, they don't believe that Krishna's God anyway. Hmm? He didn't believe in God because he couldn't believe in God. He felt he had a hard time believing in God because there's suffering in the world. How could God allow it? Some, a lot of people get stuck on this, this kind of point. Of course, if you take God out of the... You say, I don't believe in God, you've got other problems then. <laughs> now you become a robot. You have no meaning. Your conversations are like, no different than this sound here. There's, there's, uh, yes, you've got a bigger. You believe in that? Then it's a bigger problem. So there's some things we cannot solve with our intellect, and we're told from the start, don't try to solve it with your intellect. There are other ways of going in the world and proceeding and knowing that are more comprehensive than by intellect. Hmm? Take to those ways. Uh, why be a slave of your intellect? That's why you're suffering. Hmm? And Krishna says, "Don't be a slave to your intellect. That will cause suffering." Hmm? Uh, so, but anyway, yes. Um, and Krishna has nothing to do with that. Hmm? Vishnu, maybe he should have stopped the suffering. He's trying his best, hmm? but um, we have to cooperate too. Hmm? It's a, you know, it's a two-way street. We we have to cooperate. So, if we are unwilling to cooperate. He's he's accompanying us everywhere in the heart, going everywhere. Following and just tr- wait, trying to, to get you to turn to him, something like that. Doesn't matter where you go, however, you know, much suffering you cause yourself by your exercise of will, he's there with you, waiting for you to turn. Hmm? If you want him to take away your will, and then you want to call that happiness, that's questionable then entirely whether whether it is. Hmm? So anyway. Hmm?
There's no suffering in the Brat Falila. That's a fact. Even when your lunch is stolen. Hmm? <laughs> this is very joyful. Hmm? This will be very... If your lunch can be stolen by another cowherd, and, yeah, and it will come back. <laughs> it will be returned. These are their sports. So he says, he explains in this way, and I think I ran out of the batteries here, but yeah, um, on this. If I could get uh, Bob with him, there's another verse um, that he gives Sukadeva Goswami in reflection on these wonderful pastimes, having spoken about Brahman realization, having spoken about Bhadi Bhakti. Hmm? Yeah. Okay. How do I go to the next? Okay. Oh, stop! 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 More, more, more. Yeah. Twelve. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Oops. Okay. So he's talking up he's talking about Ganis and he's talked about Abhidi Bhaktas and so forth. And these are transcendental paths, extraordinary paths, paths I say that take us in a in a, a different direction than ordinary life, and something wonderful can be found, something extraordinary can be found there. You take an ordinary course, then you know, be prepared for the ordinary. Hmm? You take an extraordinary course, there are some wonderful things at the other end. Brahman, the Paradaiba Netrena, the Supreme Controller. Yoga is another course. Hmm? That's also extraordinary. So this is another transcendental course. He said, taking a verse unto its written a verse, spoken a verse, unto itself about the yogis. He says, what? Yat padapumsa bhajanma kritsrataha. He says, oh, then there's yogis. And the yogis, with great difficulty, hmm? yoga, he says, is a difficult path um, of austerities and so forth. They practice with an effort to control the mind. Hmm? This is the central focus. Yoga is about control. The ideal is is the Paramatma, who is the controller. Uh, So... He says that even, and I'll be brief on this, even if they are successful in entering into the samadhi of yoga, chitta vritti nirodha, if the chitta is nirod of any vritti, free from any waves of influence uh, from material absorption, attraction, attachment, and so forth, peaceful, calm, like a peaceful lake, hmm? If you were to go into the forest and you find a beautiful, crystal, pristine lake and it's very calm, it will make your mind calm also. Hmm? So this is idea like this. They enter into this kind of samadhi. Hmm? And he says what? Even if they're successful in doing that, they don't come even close to a particle of dust from the feet of of Krishna that was fell off his foot and left somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. So now the Goswami comments on this verse too, at great length extending the idea of what it means to touch the dust of feet of Krishna and in so many ways they don't they don't get close in any way 
to that. Uh, and by comparison, of course, these, these, these cowboys, cowherds are putting their feet on Krishna at times. How close they are to him. What is, what is their position? What is the nature of that path then? Um, this isn't a deprecation of the yoga path. It's just saying, let's be objective here. This is, these are the opportunities that these different paths present. The choice is yours. We don't force anybody. We, we would like to make it clear that there are different paths and there are different goals. And we have enthusiasm for ours, and we have a yardstick of objectivity we like to bring forth to say why. Hmm? It's up to you to choose. And, and Gaudiya Sampradaya is very good at laying them all out, the choices, that there, that there even are choices. Hmm? Sometimes we're criticized for saying our path is the best, but the best, at least we're saying there are the paths, and they are distinct. Hmm? And this is how they differ, and this is what the goals are, and this is how the path works, and so forth. And now you choose which you want. Hmm? So, so the position of yoga is such that it doesn't come close to where these um, these cowherds are. Hmm? He says that what um, and, uh, that, and what is the position of the cowherds? He says, Alabya, that that the, even the dust of the feet of whom they are associated with us in friendship cannot be touched by them. Hmm? He who who is that sa. Eva, Yadrik Vishaya, Swayam. He says that he is Swayam Bhagavan. Hmm? They are associated with with Swayam Bhagavan, the source of all forms of, uh, the fountainhead of all avatars, all descents, all faces of divinity. Here is the very heart of divinity, hmm? and they cannot get close to him hmm? by by such practice. Rather, they, one can get close to him another way, swayam, by his own independence. If he wants you to get close, you can get close. Hmm? That means by bhakti. Hmm? Bhakti is the kind of the, the letter come and an invite, so to speak. We can open it up, read it, follow it if we, if we like. It comes from that up to down, something like that. So he's, he's independent, and he's saying the same thing here with regard to how the cowherds achieve that position. By bhakti, of its independent nature, it shares itself with us through the medium of the sadhu, then it becomes possible. This is the way hmm? to enter into that cowherd lila or any other such braj lila hmm? in rag bhakti. Any question? Yes, Karnam. Thank you very much for explaining the points in this paper. Yeah. It's, it's, it seems clear that the, the author of this paper he mis- misunderstood the points uh, about in the writings of that and he took the Ajataruchi Rajanurabhakti as a Vaitita. Right. But I have a question about Krishna as a um, uh, as an enjoyer of different kinds of rasas, this uh, Rasa Vaisak. Uh, and it seems that here it's also, uh, he has also a, a rasa with condition of Jiva. 
and this rasa can be called karunya. But in a, a karunya, compassion means that someone is sharing the same feelings. Like uh, if someone is uh, suffering, that this empathy. Uh, it means that someone is sharing the, the, the suffering of this suffering person. So can be good. So it is. So there's no question of enjoying in such situation. Okay, Polish. Here we can call that that he's enjoying because rasa means enjoying and enjoying rasa with the uh, condition of jiva. <laughs> Sounds bad. <laughs> so the point is that Krishna is 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 rasa and rasika. So he is he tastes rasa, hmm? and he's also the object of rasa for his devotees. So it's it's reciprocal. Hmm? Rasa requires two: hmm? the object of love and the love itself, hmm? embodied in the devotee. Hmm? So there are five primary rasas and seven secondary rasas, and um, when the secondary rasa makes ingress into the heart of the devotee or, or Bhagawan, the primary rasa recedes a little bit to the background hmm? and and the, and the secondary rasa is fully experienced. So karunya or um, you could call it empathy hmm? is, is one of those rasas. So the question is, well, if I understand it correctly, if, how can Krishna taste empathy Rasa with suffering jivas, because because the, the, the taste is suffering. <laughs> How will that be blissful? But the point is here, the course that rasa requires two. But uh, while Krishna is qualified for rasa, conditioned jivas are not. Hmm? Conditioned jiva souls, but a jivas are not a suitable vessel for tasting rasa with Krishna, or for Krishna to taste rasa in relation to. So Krishna, if he is going to taste karun rasa, he has to taste it with devotees. Hmm? That means that, um, for example, in Dwaraka, Krishna may taste karun rasa in relation to his sons who are in dasya bhakti. Hmm? The sons of Krishna are all in a special kind of dasya bhakti. Krishna is the father, and they're the son. Hmm? And so in relation to the son, sometimes the father feels empathy hmm, for the children, right? It's typical. It's typical in Vatsali Rasa, or it may be typical in the, in the relationship between the master, a teacher, and, and the student. Hmm? So when Krishna is the object of love as the master, in, in a devotee is in Dasya Rasa, Krishna may also taste Karunya Rasa hmm, in relation to that devotee, hmm, who's a suitable vehicle and so forth. Hmm? So Krishna doesn't taste karunyarasa necessarily in relation to the conditioned jivas. Indeed, Jiva Goswami makes the point that it's very difficult for Krishna to have compassion hmm? because he's fully absorbed, Swayam Bhagavan himself, fully absorbed in Rasananda with his devotees in Braj. And he doesn't even know that he's God. What to speak about knowing that there's a material world and 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 uh, and so forth? He's really absorbed in that. And secondly, he has no experience of suffering. So empathy 
is very much, the capacity to have empathy is very much enhanced if you have had the experience that you're empathizing with. Hmm? Even in even psychiatry or psychology, the, 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 the doctor has to try to like get on the couch, you know. They, they call it transference. He has to somehow try to get inside the patient and feel how the patient is feeling <laughs> and then talk to them about it, right? Uh, and that's how he can be empathetic and you know, some, some emotional work can go on, some loosening of the whatever that, uh, that, uh, that forces one emotionally to, to move in a certain pattern and a way of thinking and so on and so forth. Um, I don't think it to be pl- to, would be too pleasant of an occupation, but um, and that's the point that you're making. <laughs> it wouldn't be very pleasant for Krishna. So Krishna is not very much involved directly in that. Therefore, it is said um, that the devotees of Krishna are the kripa shakti, the fullest manifestation of Krishna's mercy, and this in reference to the sadhana siddhas those devotees who were in the material world who have suffered and have developed and progressed and, 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 they, and they've gone beyond the suffering but they have some remembrance of what it's like, hmm? then they naturally have empathy hmm? and they share that empath- empathetic feeling with others and they, they are the extension of the Kripa Shakti or the compassionate kind of nature of Krishna. Compassion in this scenario is on the low end of the spectrum of love. Hmm? Parakya Bhav on the high end, compassion is on, on, on the low end. Hmm? It is said, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami writes, that, that Narayan in Vaikuntha, Narayan in Vaikuntha is closer to the material world, if you will, hmm? than Krishna. He knows that he's God. Hmm? He knows that he has subordinates and so forth. They all have Salokya, Sarsti, Samipya, Sarupya, he sees that it's very wonderful. And in him, within Narayan, sometimes comes the desire, I would like to bestow this on someone. This is so wonderful. I would like to give it to someone. Hmm? And so as soon as Bhagwan has a desire, it happens. Hmm? He's such a sankalpa. So the full spectrum of love is experienced by God and in the form of Narayan, when the, when the thought of, I'd like to experience compassion, the problem is immediately solved. The world is manifest. Hmm? That's the idea. Hmm? The world is manifest. And so a form of Narayan hmm, corresponds with that, the Mahavishnu, hmm? and, there's, and, there, and, the, and the Shristi Lila. In other words, the corresponding response the immediate response, this is something not in time, of course, but the immediate response to God's desire for compassion is, is a leela, like everything else. God wants to do something, then a leela is created to, for, for the, that that possibility may be experienced. Such is uncalled, but whatever he wants, it happens, just like that, just like we would like. Whatever I want, it would happen right away. We are to learn that that happens to God, and when we make our will one with God, then whatever we want will happen. Hmm? That's why I say the Sarup Shakti facilitates the will of the jiva, because the jiva who has developed bhava, that means has the ingress of Sarup Shakti, hmm? is living within the daydream of God. 
Now we're living kind of in the nightmare of God in one sense. That's the, 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 the Shristi Lila. The daydream is these Leelas, in, especially in Golok. Hmm? This is just, he's just daydreaming up things to do. Hmm? And so, under the jurisdiction of the Sarup Shakti, the Jiva, with that ingress of Sarup Shakti into his or her life, develops desire for pleasing Krishna, which is what the Sarup Shakti is all about. It's there to facilitate, the, to serve the senses of Krishna. So, as soon as the desire comes to satisfy Krishna in a particular way, then Sarup Shakti facilitates it. Hmm? And the devotee can have all of his desires fulfilled because they're all desires for pleasing the senses of Krishna. This makes up the whole variety of the spiritual world. In here, in this world, the material world, the Maya Shakti, it, it doesn't work in the same way. We have desires, but material energy doesn't co- cooperate with our will, so to speak. We invest our will in material nature, and practically we become like automatons. We're just like prakriti kriyamanani gunai karmani sarvasa. Bhagavad Gita says, Everything that you think you're doing, the brain is doing. Hmm? But it also says, but you're not a brain. Hmm? Think about that. Hmm? Don't be a brain. I mean, so many things that we do, we think we do, actually it's just the brain functioning. It means the modes of nature. This is a modern translation. Hmm? It's being done by material nature. Hmm? Of course, the jivas animated material nature as a witness, and, 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 and witness is powerful. As I said before, uh, it, things, certain things happen only because there's a witness, only because I'm watching. Does it not happen? Or does it happen? Hmm? So a witness sounds like a very removed, but it has power. Hmm? So the, the, the implication of the witnessing of the jiva makes the world, it, it brings it to life. Hmm? Jiva Bhuta Mahabaho Yayedam Daryate Jagat. It's bringing the world to life. Hmm? But then the world takes over the life of the Jiva. Hmm? And so material nature is not working to facilitate the will of the Jiva. Therefore, she's depicted as, as kind of like the thankless task of prodding the Jiva for, for in a, in a, in a, with negative impetus. Hmm? Go to Krishna. Negative impetus. So, so in this world, where the Buddha is suffering, so the devotee is the agent of Krishna, by which Krishna shows compassion, and Narayan manifests the whole the whole affair out of a desire to taste compassion. The Shristi Lila, this is what it's about. I mean, what is the Lila of the Paramatma? He's a witness. Hmm? Similar idea that the Jiva is. Hmm? And compassionate witness wants to bring an end to all the suffering of all the jivas. I should say, he wants the jivas to want to stop suffering. Hmm? And he provides the knowledge by which they could make a wise um, decision. Not only that, but really, if you look at the idea of Agatha Sukriti, we find that it's against our, without our will, we're becoming implicated in bhakti. This is how aggressive uh, uh, the Godhead is to end the suffering of the jivas. I mean, he, he does. You say, well, why doesn't he just make us happy? Well, he does. <coughs> hmm? He overrides the will. When did he do it? Way back in some Satya Yuga. Yeah. 
long time ago this has been going on. Hmm? When are we going to cooperate with that, take advantage of that, understand that, and so forth, as it comes to light? Hmm? And, and, and you say, well, well, I didn't know, if I didn't know that I was suffering before, then what's the point? I, I said, well, know it now. <laughs> yeah, we're telling you. Hmm? Know it. Hmm? Scripture is telling you. Now you know. You want to just say, you know, well, if I, this is like something wrong. There's a short circuit in a, in a, in a head. So that's paralyzing us. It's, it's, it's emotional, probably not, not, not logical. Hmm. So anyway, so that's the idea. Yeah. Hmm. Krishna, Krishna expresses compassion for the jivas and tastes it uh, as Mahavishnu and more so through his devotees. You had a question? Yeah, I wanted to ask about the Devadashka process that you mentioned because last night we were talking about yeah. Krishna's covert friends and his close friends like Suba and Madhumala and we were wondering who they are in the Gorvila and then we thought maybe they are some of the Dvadashkopals. Some of the Dvadashkopals, they're all in Gorlila. Yeah. They're all mentioned in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Hmm? You can look up Dvadashkopal and Chaitanya Charitamrita. All of them are mentioned and there are various characteristics are very extraordinary. Uh, Abhiram Thakur, Miniketan Ramdas, maybe. Um, this um, Dhananjai Pandit, Udrana Datta uh, Thakur, these are some of Dwarasugopals. Um, uh, Goridas Pandit, and so forth. Um, all of the names are mentioned. I think this is must must have been done by. Kavi Karnapur and Gorganadesh Dipika. And um, when the, when these different players in the Leela are introduced in Chaitanya Charitamrita, you look at the followers of Nityananda Prabhu, then in Prabhupada's commentary, he's quoting probably from Gorganadesh Dipika. Um, this is Subal, this is Sridham, this is Sudam. And so on. So, Stoka Krishna, Vasudam, Kinkini. They have nice names too. <laughs> so, yeah, they were and they were prominent in in the distribution, early distribution of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. They're very nice descriptions of their extraordinary activities, like wrestling with tigers and things like that. Um, uh, <laughs> they were very. Yeah, very, very extraordinary people in Gorlila. Hmm. It makes it that I once I was speaking with Pramod Puri Goswami Maharaj, Bhakti Pramod Puri Goswami Maharaj, and someone had made a criticism that Prabhupada is in Sakyarasa, therefore, you know, if you want Maria Rasa, you've got a problem. So I, I didn't think I had a problem, but I mentioned that people are saying it, and he, he laughed. He said, if you think you, if someone, in, your guru is in Sakyarasa and you think you have a problem, then you've got a problem. You, know, you can. <laughs> make all arrangements, and I just bring it up in relation to these Dwarasugo Pauls, because if you hear about their activities and you think, I wouldn't have a problem if he was my guru, <laughs> I think all my problems could be solved. These people are extraordinary. So, like Nityananda Prabhu, we would swim with alligators in the Ganges and, and so forth. Very extraordinary. Very brave group. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll stop there.
Srimad Bhagavatam Gantaraj ki jai, Sukadev Goswami ki jai, Sri Veda Vyas ki jai, Jai Sri Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada ki jai, Sri Bhakti Rakshak Sri Dev Goswami Maharaj ki jai, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur Prabhupada ki jai, Sri Bhakti Vinod Paripara ki jai, Gaur Bhakti Vrinda ki jai, Gaur Premanandi jai.